0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to EMIGcast. My name is Larissa and I'm a third year medical student at Oregon Health and Science University in beautiful Portland, Oregon. I have the pleasure of bringing you today's topic which is on an interesting subset of emergency medicine which you may not have thought much about, geriatric emergency medicine. This topic is one that is particularly near and dear to my heart because I'm hoping to complete a fellowship in the area after residency. I first became acutely aware of the need for geriatric emergency medicine as an EMT before medical school when we got three calls in one night from an older gentleman who kept falling. I remember thinking, wow, what isn't being addressed within geriatric medicine that makes it necessary for this guy to call 911 each time he tries to get up to go to the bathroom. I've been thinking about falls and fall injuries in the elderly ever since. I'm here in sunny and today, surprisingly windy, Sacramento, California, to interview Dr. Katrin Tyler, who is an Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine and also the Geriatric Emergency Medicine Fellowship Director at UC Davis. Before we get started, I would like to emphasize how much we at EMIGCAST appreciate your listenership. If you have a comment, suggestion, or an idea for a specific podcast topic, send us a message on our Facebook page, website, or via Twitter. Also, don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about us. Now, let's hear what Dr. Tyler has to say about geriatric emergency medicine. Dr. Tyler, thanks so much for coming on ebmigcast for this interview. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came to be the Geriatric
1: Emergency Medicine Fellowship Director at UC Davis. Um, So, well, firstly, I'm originally from Australia, and uh, I went to medical school in Australia, and then I completed um, my Australian emergency medicine training, and it's structured quite differently from emergency medicine, from any residency training in the United States. It's a lot longer, and so as part of that, we had more exposure to geriatrics, um, and also um, in a universal healthcare system, there's sort of uh, more emphasis on completely inclusive care rather than what happens in the U.S. healthcare system. Um, so because of that, I sort of had a lot more experience in geriatrics and was more probably interested in geriatrics um, than your average emergency medicine resident. And then also um, my uh, grandmother and then my mother uh, developed dementia, so I sort of have a personal and somewhat vested interest Absolutely. <laughs> in, <laughs> in uh, geriatric health. Um, how I came to UC Davis was um, because I was a foreign medical graduate, I needed to retrain in emergency medicine, and I loved them at UC Davis, um, really from the get-go, and I've been here for a number of years now, and then a few years ago, um, with the support of um, the chair, Dr. Kipperman, um, we established the first Geriatric Emergency Medicine Fellowship here, and uh, it's the fourth in the country at the time. There are now a couple of others, but so we're super excited about that.
0: The complete list of Geriatric Emergency Medicine Fellowship programs that Dr. Tyler is referencing includes UC Davis, Mount Sinai Hospital, University of Toronto, University of North Carolina, New York Presbyterian, and William Beaumont Hospital in El Paso, Texas. Are there areas within Geriatric Emergency Medicine that you're particularly focused on?
1: Um, So I do spend a lot of time um, educating clinicians about um, delirium and i'm also super involved in the hip fracture um, program here at uc davis Um, both of which sort of have um, pain management um, sort of as a key structure of them because unrelieved or unrequited pain in older patients is a huge precipitant for delirium but on the flip side Pain medications are also a precipitant of delirium, so um, it can be complicated to find the right balance, and that's a challenge that I enjoy.
0: The obvious question here is, what is geriatric emergency medicine, and why is it different from general emergency medicine?
1: Um, so in some ways it's not really different at all. It's, I, I think it's a little bit like a diabetic diet is kind of good for everybody. What's good for geriatric patients is likely going to be good for everybody it's just that not everybody needs that same degree of attention to detail So a lot of things that happen um, for older patients in hospitals um, are particularly devastating for them, including lying lying around on a gurney can be really problematic for older patients. So the more attention we can sort of point to that for older patients, the better it's likely to be for everybody that we get everybody up and moving, pay attention to the medications that they're giving. Obviously, older people tend to have more medical problems than younger patients do, so it's more complicated. You need to sort of sort out the details a little bit And that can be sort of overwhelming when you're in a busy emergency department, so sort of finding ways to streamline that process so it's easy for everybody, even if you don't really give a toss about older people specifically. Um, you know, Obviously, the population is generally getting older, and so regardless of your specific interest in geriatrics, there's going to be more older people in your emergency department, whatever you end up doing.
0: What specific needs do elderly patients have that you might not see in your average 40-year-old guy?
1: Um, I think um, one of the really big things that I think is a little undervalued is that as people get older they start to um, things that you are then taking away from them become very um, threatening to their independence and so for example if you have a toddler and you tell the parents that they have to turn their water heater temperature down they almost always do it straight away because everybody's motivated to keep the toddler safe. Whereas in an older person, when you tell them to take up their throw rugs, they see it as a threat to their independence rather than a safety feature. So I think some of the ways that you approach older people, we need to do a better job of refining, not just as clinicians, but as in society. Um, So I think... um, you know, when you're making suggestions to an older person, just keep in mind that they may see it not as a purely medical issue, but that it's a sort of a threat to their independence. What are the most common geriatric emergencies? Um, well, By far and away, the most common thing that we see is um, falls and fall-related injuries. Um, and collectively, we do a terrible job not just in the emergency department, but within the entire greater health system of um, both preventing falls and then dealing with the consequences of falls. And that's not that's because it's really, really complicated. Um, uh, obviously treating the injury is pretty straightforward, um, but we're sort of seeing increasing mortality rates associated with falls, um, and so that's Something that we as a society are going to have to pay close attention to. We also see lots of patients with um, delirium or acute cognitive dysfunction. Um, Abdominal pain is a big issue in older patients, and they're much more likely to have a surgical complication than a surgical issue, sorry, rather than a um, younger patient. Um, And obviously, most older people are on more medications and have more medical problems than younger patients.
0: You had mentioned that there are a few specific geriatric emergency medicine programs around the country. How does one geriatricize an emergency medicine department?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways that you can sort of approach that problem. There are the geriatric emergency department guidelines that were released in 2014 that were sort of a cooperative between the Society of Academic Emergency Medicine, the American College of Emergency Physicians, the Emergency Nurses Association, and the American Geriatric Society. And they list a lot of things, but broadly what you're talking about is How do you educate your staff um, to care for older people? And that sometimes involves having policies and procedures in place that helps facilitate the care of older people. The Geriatric Emergency Department
0: Guidelines that Dr. Tyler references is a document that was assembled to provide a standardized set of procedures to improve the care of the elderly in the emergency department. A link to the document
1: can be found on our website under
0: References.
1: There are some environmental issues like what does the emergency department actually look like um, and for the most part our in our emergency department we're super fortunate in that most of our actual patient care areas are actually single rooms which is super helpful because you can individually control the lighting so that it's mm-hmm. appropriate for the time of day. Um, and um, then there's some other sort of physical parameters but mostly it's going to be about having sort of policies and procedures in place educating your staff and then sort of shining a light onto the specific issues that happen to older people so that's really it's really a lot of education
0: geriatric emergency medicine seems like it's as much about social support and clear communication as it is about diagnosing and treating medical concerns would you say that that's an accurate
1: statement I think it's certainly it's definitely accurate for patients that you're discharging and undoubtedly there are some patients that we end up admitting that we would discharge in a younger less complicated social environment um, that we end up admitting not really directly for the social reasons but because a lot of the they sort of all interplay with each other and so it ends up being that Cumulatively, the person requires admission. Um, So that that certainly does come into play with it, but I also think that in some ways, older patients are sort of the ultimate emergency medicine problem in that it really requires the most amount of detective work to figure out what's going on. Everything is in play, is the medications, is there an underlying infection, is, you know, what are all the things that has caused this patient to come to the emergency department? One thing that happens in older patients more than in younger patients perhaps is that it's often the straw breaking the camel's back. There's a bunch of cumulative little actions that in and of themselves seem harmless, and then one extra little thing tips that person over. You tend not to see that in younger patients, that tends to be more of a problem in older people, and so it can be hard to drill down and figure out which one of those things um, it really is. Obviously, um, social issues are a huge problem for the older po- population, especially as you're getting into areas of isolation, family living remotely. Um, That can be a big problem. We're super lucky in this emergency department and we have um, 16 hours of discharge planning a day with multiple discharge planners, so that um, leaves, um, makes a huge difference in terms of our ability to disposition patients safely. Um, But it is, it's a, social issues are a big deal for um, older patients.
0: How important are multidisciplinary teams in geriatric emergency medicine? Would you say that they play a more important role in geriatric emergency medicine than they do for other practices?
1: um well i would say that i mean i personally i think multidisciplinary approaches is kind of essential for all of emergency medicine Um, if you've ever tried to do a resuscitation when the resource room hasn't been cleaned from the patient before you understand that the people taking out the trash are just as important (laughs) (laughs) as anybody else on the team but there are specific roles in uh, geriatric emergency medicine i mentioned already the the role of clinical case managers or discharge planners is super important Um, In the US, there's not as good a connection with the community as there could be, um, but that would be uh, something that definitely an area to improve upon. Um, Nursing involvement and interest in the care of geriatric emergency patients is um, super important. Um, And having some sort of quote unquote champions um, on the nursing side is really, really helpful. Um, Also, uh, we're very fortunate that we have um, social workers 24 seven in the emergency department and they also play a huge role in the assessment and care of older patients.
0: What kind of options exist for preventing emergency room visits from the elderly? Do you see options like telemedicine or community paramedic programs fitting into the picture?
1: Um, Community paramedicine is um, definitely a possibility depending upon how the system is um, structured. Um, Telemedicine is a little more problematic. um, You know, there are a lot of um, older people who are very technologically savvy, but there's certainly um, also a big subset, especially of um, patients with fewer resources who don't have access to um, technology um, that we sort of younger people are sort of commonly used to. So that, I think, is a barrier um, for the care of older patients. Um, But there are... um, Certainly, community paramedicine and sort of general outreach services are likely to play a bigger role um, in the future.
0: We all know that the population of the United States is aging. Do you think that the importance of geriatric emergency
1: medicine will increase as the number of elderly patients increases? Um, I I think regardless of your personal feelings about caring for older people, if you work in the emergency department that's not an exclusive pediatric emergency department, you're going to be seeing more older people and they're likely to be uh, sicker than the um, general patient population. So I I think it sort of um, behooves all emergency physicians to figure out a way within their department to care for these patients in a way that's both compassionate and also time efficient, so that you use some of the other multidisciplinary components perhaps to um, preserve the sort of most expensive component of the healthcare system, which is generally physician time. Um, So that patients could be seen in a busy emergency department in a way that's both compassionate and time efficient, um, and that you know, um, one of the other things is that the use of observation units is likely to be sort of super helpful um, for older patients in terms of avoiding unnecessary admissions, but the current billing for those um, practices is difficult for patients, and I think that's um, something that would ideally be resolved in the future.
0: For those of us interested in geriatric emergency medicine, what does a fellowship in geriatric
1: emergency medicine look like? Um, So because um, there aren't very many of them, there's a lot of um, spectrum for a lot of opportunities for um, growth in um, geriatric emergency medicine. There's still a lot of things that we don't know about what are in fact best practices for older patients in the emergency department. So there's plenty of room for those who are interested in research. Um, And because geriatrics is sort of an uber-primary specialty, if you will, there's sort of plenty of room for um, people who are interested in perfecting or optimising care of the older patient in in geriatrics. So in the the two fellows that we've um, had come through UC Davis so far, the first one was very interested in sort of operations. Mm -hmm. And so um, he spent a lot of his time looking at um, how best to move patients compassionately and still efficiently through an emergency department, whereas the second fellow is more interested in the sort of education of, of medical providers and so she's focused on that. Um, the um, Regardless, there's obviously more time um, that you a little more time that you spend in geriatric clinics to learn some of the skill sets of geriatricians. Um, we've also had people, you know, Dane went to an observation unit and spent some time there. Um, the current fellow Jen has spent some time on uh, the SICU learning about care of injured older adults so there's sort of lots of different opportunities as well as with a sort of an underlying baseline um, both of them spent a fair bit of time um, with a specialist in geriatric pharmacology and with the ED pharmacists um, so I think uh, there's lots of different things that um, you can do and our fellows all work about fifty percent of the time in the emergency department is attending, so mm-hmm. you're not um, losing your emergency medicine skill set.
0: What advice would you give to all of the aspiring geriatric emergency medicine docs out there? Um,
1: well I, th- I think it's I think it's a it's a great opportunity to be a sort of a master clinician in a way because um, often in patients who are cognitively impaired it's tough to get a a good history and they can't and they have multiple problems and like i said earlier you sort of have to be a bit of a detective and drill down into what's really sort of precipitating the problem so i think um for people who are interested it provides a great opportunity to really be an excellent clinician um or at least continue to focus on being an excellent clinician and um yeah, it's just I I like feisty old people, so <laughs> it's fun <laughs> for me.
0: <laughs> is there anything else that you feel is important to address regarding geriatric emergency medicine?
1: Um, well, one thing that we um, didn't talk about earlier when you asked about um, what are some of the specific geriatric problems, one thing I think um, that sort of crosses a lot of areas at the moment is um, pain management in the emergency department and how do we optimize um, pain management for older people who, in fact, are still prescribed opioids at very high rates, um, especially um, in many states in this country. Um, And how do you provide optimal pain care for patients who have a a really acute problem like a hip fracture? And so developing a a hip fracture program um, has has been an extremely worthwhile thing that we've done um, here. It's really helped care for these sort of complicated fragile, older vulnerable patients. Um, But that's required working at a multidisciplinary level across multiple specialties, which has been super rewarding, but also um, challenging, Mm -hmm. Um, does require a lot of time, but um, super helpful in the long run. So I think we'll see a lot more sort of care pathways that cross um, multiple providers over the course of um, the next few years because reducing variation in care is a sort of a really important quality improvement goal Um, moving forward
0: Dr. Tyler, it was a pleasure speaking with you today and thanks again for coming on eMigCast Thanks for listening to eMigCast.com this podcast represents only the views of its producers and does not represent the views of OHSU or any affiliated institutions. And while we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we're still learning and we ask that our audiences keep in mind that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. This podcast was made possible by a grant from the Society for Academic Emergency Medicine, who would like to thank for their continuing support.
1: We do not accept money from any other sources. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.